This is the Coins Cash Flow and Conversations Podcast. I am your host, Dakota Grady, sponsored by Upstate Essential Solutions. If you need help with accounting and taxes and you're a nurse petitioner, entrepreneur, entrepreneur, med spa owner, or institution, contact me today at dakotagrady.com. And if you need help with your personal finances, you're struggling financially, it's the new year, you want to have a new you, a new year, and a new way to handle your finances, contact me today at the Hey y'all, welcome to the show. Thank y'all for joining me. I have a guest today, Miss Rose Mendanza. I think I said it right, hopefully. <laughs> of Teacher Talks Money. On to have on the podcast today, talk about what she does and how she helps teachers with investing. So Rose, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. Yes, man, you're welcome. So tell everybody about who you are and what you do. So I've been a teacher for 30 years. Um, Currently, I'm a school um, counselor, um, but I've been in education for a long time. And along my way, um, I've just learned a lot about um, the fact that teachers don't get a lot of financial help. And so I've kind of become the go-to person um, over the years. Um, I started on a journey back in 2016, taking the classes to become a certified financial planner a career, but um, the pension will not cover everything in retirement, but many, especially young teachers, um, don't really know that. So I guess that's where I come in to inform them about the fact that they need to be investing along the way because they need to have an, a, a nest egg, something set aside that's going to fill that gap, which we call a pension gap. Because there will be a pension gap, especially as inflation starts to increase. And the most that teachers can get in a pension is 80% of their uh, last five or last three years of salary, depending on where they are. Um, And um, so a lot of planning needs to be done, like their house needs to be paid off. They have to have probably no credit card debt. They need to have cars free and clear. Um, in order for them to be able to live off that pension. And what I've been seeing in my own career is that most teachers don't make it to 80% because a lot has changed in education. People are tired, they're exhausted. Um, And to get to 80%, you have to put in close to 35 years. And many, many teachers do not make that. So again, all the more reason why we should be kind of following this path to have money invested that we can live off of in addition to our pension. So that's kind of what I do. (laughs) I just help teachers to realize that there is some planning that needs to take place and that the earlier, the better, like especially young teachers who are getting into the profession. Like if you started a 403B, saving into a 403B and a Roth IRA in your early 20s, you know, by the time you get into your fifties, you probably could have close to a million dollars put away. Mm -hmm. So that's huge, but you need the time. Mm. So our teachers, if they are getting burnt out, say at year five or 10, and then will they get the pension, some of the pension? You say, I guess if they have, will they get any of it at all? Um, they, they can take what they've put into, like there's a percentage of our pay that's put into the, the pension fund. 
Um, they could decide to take what they have out, but many times when young teachers do that, like say they teach for five years and they decide they want to go to a different career and they take it out and then they decide to come back to teaching, they start all over again. Mm. So they lose those years. So if they take that money out of the pension fund, um, it's not a great idea. Actually, mm -hmm. a teacher recently reached out to me about this because he had put in, I think, 10 years and then he went off to work somewhere else and he had taken that money. And when he came back, he started at year one again and he mm -hmm. was not. And I was like, well, that's because you took that money. You took that money out of the fund. Mm -hmm. So so they can leave it in there like they could leave teaching and leave their money in there and at least let it grow they could do that um but you know people sometimes don't want to do that they want to just take their money with them so well can they take i mean they can take the money out roll it over into a raw because i had to pay the taxes on it but they could do that. that that's an option do you recommend that as well yeah that's an option as well yeah they can do that now have you seen where teachers have worked hard and then take the money out and just blow it and then they go back to i mean what have you seen teachers do in the past with your clients have they say all right i'm going to work five ten years go change careers come back to it and then have they saved the money like what do they do with the money mostly that you've seen well, I know some people have taken it and started their own businesses. I've seen that on a couple of occasions. I had one teacher who started a nonprofit. Um, I, I don't think I've ever seen anybody just go and blow it. I think some of them have used it, especially depending on where they are in their lives, used it to pay off debt. Um, but again, it's a lot of times when they decide to leave, they really don't have that much money in there. So it's not a major issue. I mean... You know, people talk about teachers and the pensions and all that, but in order for you to get access to that money, you really have to put in 30 years, 30 years for it to make a difference. Anything before that, there's really not that much money there. I mean, where you make your money is actually receiving that ongoing pension once you retire. You know what I mean? That's where the money is because the money that they take out of our paychecks to put into that general fund that's we liquidate that probably within the first 10 years of receiving our pension. Right. So again, you're depending on how long you live, you could probably have, you could probably take, have about, about a million dollars that you receive, you know, depending on um, how high your pension is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right. So. so what are some of the challenges that people face as a teacher question i mean what, what when it comes to income is it they can't make enough working or like what's some of, some of the things that you see the teachers are facing yeah absolutely the challenges are is that teachers don't make that much depending on where they are in the country um and even if you're in um like for example i'm in massachusetts and we're paid pretty well in massachusetts but massachusetts has a very high cost of living so that's the, that's the flip side um, what I've seen is that most teachers and myself included, we've always worked second jobs. Mm. Like teachers always work something else. They work after school as a, t a tutor or they're a coach or they work at a retail establishment. Well, 
they're always doing something else on the side um, because the teaching salary alone won't pay your mortgage, um, won't put your kids through college, <laughs> you know, uh, it just won't, you know, the, the math doesn't add up, if you will. <laughs> right. So supplement having income now, if someone has a spouse and their teacher who's working a good job, do they, a teachers are more likely to become a state teacher's 30 years opposed to someone who is having a side hustle in addition to a teacher job? Have you seen that? I would say yes. I would say yes. Yeah. I mean, uh, to be a single person on a teaching salary, you definitely have to be very frugal to make it work. Obviously, if you're in a partnership and the other person, even if the other person is an educator, um, just having that dual income makes a huge, huge difference. Mm -hmm. And being so, able to save and invest and, you know what I mean? Like, for example, like my husband is a librarian. We're both educators. Um, you know, I've been able to save in my 403B. He's been able to save in his 403B. But we've also always had second jobs. Like we've always tutored after school or, you know, so um, in order to be able to do that, we wouldn't just be able to do that just on our salaries alone. Right. So basically what you're saying is people, if they are wanting to really take advantage of the pension at the school, they have to put in the work or put in the years, 30 years or plus to make it happen. And if they don't, if they start, if they leave and come back, it's all back over from ground one, unless they leave the money in there. Is that fair to say? That's correct. So what are some tips you can help other teachers that you've seen go from not knowing about their, their opportunities for investing in the pension to where you are now? I think the, the biggest thing that I always tell people, the first thing off the bat is find out what your district offers. Do they offer a 403B and do they offer a 457B? That's another option as well, another account that they can save in. Um, those are always my first um, recommendations because those are pre-tax. And so it, it lowers, especially for dual income earners, that lowers the tax, the taxes for them. Um, so that's always my first is like beginning with again, depending on what the vendors are, because there are a lot of really bad vendors out there for 403Bs with very high fees. So the only two that I ever recommend are Vanguard and Fidelity. So if the district offers Vanguard and Fidelity to invest in, then I tell them, yes, immediately set this up through your HR and get this going. Um, but the second thing, obviously, is the Roth IRA, because that's very powerful, even though you can't uh, put a lot of money into it per year. If, if you start it early enough, it will work miracles, you know, by the time you get into your 50s and 60s. So those are always my first two go-tos in helping teachers get set up with investing. Keep it very simple because it's really about the amount you put in and the time that you have for it to grow. So those are always my first two. But again, that's another reason I got into this whole uh, coaching teachers about this because 403B vendors, there are a lot of 403B vendors out there that are not very good and are not in the best interest of teachers. The fees are too high and that really cuts into your bottom line later on when you go to take that money, when you need that money. So, um, you know, there's a lot of things that 
we need to know and be aware of and not be um, taken in by sales pitches um, and get into, you know, and I, I, that's why I got into this. Cause I first, I've got into, I signed up with somebody who came to my, you know, teacher's lounge, you know, 30 years ago um, who sold me on it. And then I started doing my own research and I was like, this is horrible. I, you know, I don't want to be in, the, <laughs> in this. Um, and that started me on that path, you know, and to help other teachers recognize that not all those vendors are created equal, if you will. Um, and there are good ones and then there are not so good ones. So. So how can people find out about you online, website, social media? Uh, yep. They can go to Instagram at teacher talks money. Um, and they can also just find me on my website, teacher talks money.com. All right, Rose. Any, any last thing you want to say before we wrap up? Um, I just want to say thank you for having me on, giving me this opportunity. Um, it was great having this conversation with you and that, you know, th this is my passion. This is what I hope to do when I go into retirement is just to keep helping teachers of all stages in their career, just be financially prepared and, and hopefully achieve financial independence really by the time they, um, you know, are able to retire. So thank you. You're welcome, Rose. Thank you for your time. All right. And this is the Coins, Cashflow, and Conversation Podcast, hosted by Dakota Grady, sponsored by Upstate Essential Solutions. Contact me today at dakotagrady.com.